Man, aren't you happy to be in the house of the Lord today? No place I'd rather be than here with you beautiful people. Man, we had a busy weekend, and I made uh, plans for that, and so I can't wait to hear Mark Greer bring the word to us this morning. I don't want to take away from the time, so would y'all make him feel welcome and get your hearts ready and look at your neighbor and say, get ready, get ready, get ready. <laughs> this morning yeah so if you travel around a lot I, I kept getting sick trying to figure out what was going on and I, ha I went to a place and the guy had a really dry cough and when I left that weekend I sounded like he did and the thing that was in common was a microphone so I adjusted that part and now it's like 50 50 Man, we're starting to enter into encounters. I want to invite you, when the, when the Spirit comes in the room, that's so strong like that, breathe deep. So you're trying to expel the atmosphere of a falling place and bring in an atmosphere that's holy. And we come to places where God, He never has to show up, but He always is wanting to come a whole lot worse than you wanting Him to be here. He's always trying to give us a seeding and abundantly far beyond what we can ask or imagine. And there's nothing wrong with his giving. There's, there's things wrong with our receiving. There's been a shift here. And when you come into those things, you have to honor that. You can't walk into new dressed in the old. You have to be willing to let these things go. I want to talk to you this morning about the foundational key after you say, Lord, I need you to be my Savior, and that's faith. And I think there's a, a misunderstanding about how faith works and what it is. I want to teach you how the Bible works. Not the in-depth intellectual side of it, but how it actually works, where you can apply the thing and carry it with you into the impossible situations you're going to walk into in your life, but above that is in the people that you walk into that you may not even know. You are the hope of glory because Christ, the hope of glory, is on the inside of you, and you end up, you get to watch what he's going to do. It'll pay you. I call that getting paid. It'll pay you back dividends that'll leave you breathless over and over. You'll have somebody walk up to you that when they begin to talk years later, you can hear life and joy in their voice. When all that was there to start with was brokenness. And to me, that, that, that is what my purpose, and I believe it's what our purpose here is. And I want to talk to you this morning for, about faith and that we get there through love. Gabe, you want to keep 2 Corinthians up there? Y'all thought you was going to get away, didn't you? To me, this is the foundation point of the entire kingdom of God. For God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us, so that we who did not know righteousness might become the righteousness of God through our union in him. It's a transfer. 
He took off your filthy garment and put his righteousness on you. And everything around us is trying to disqualify us from being able to wear that robe. It's trying to convince you that you cannot do those things based on your performance. I want to let you in on a little secret. Your performance has got very little to do with what's going on. Very, very little with what's going on. He provides an increase. We just throw the seeds. When I first come into the kingdom, I, I thought I was really doing good, and I went to a little place in Mutter, Georgia, Michael Guido, the seed for the sores, got a cathedral behind his place and a walk-through prayer garden. And I go in one morning at 7 o'clock, and I lay down, and my phone starts buzzing crazy. And it's this pastor saying, are you coming? I said, what are you talking about? He said, are you coming to preach? I said, man, that's not until 6 o'clock. He said, it's 4.30. <laughs> we were supposed to eat lunch. And I go to get up off the floor, and in the back of this thing, they got a man with a sling, a little boy with a sling that he threw the seeds out of. And the Lord said, that's supposed to be you. But in your heart, you purpose that you can discern where to plant the seed. You'll never do anything like that. I said, Lord, he said, I got more seed than you can throw out in a hundred lifetimes. You throw it out on the ground, and I'll show you things that you can't ask or imagine. This is the God we serve. He's the God of abundance. Hebrews 11. Without faith living in us, it will be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith, knowing that he is real, and that he rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him. Do we go another one right there? Or no? It doesn't matter because I got it right here. It says, through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. And by faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command and that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. I want to ask you, is faith tangible? Can you touch it? I believe you can. I believe once you allow him to put it on the inside of you, that the doubt begins to leave. It's, it's by learning what faith is, and, and we've heard the saying over and over again, I don't have the faith for that. And that's a partially true statement. What you actually are missing is you got unbelief. The man goes back and comes to Jesus, and he doesn't say increase my faith. He says help me my unbelief. Because we're going to see that faith is something that's a gift. This is one thing I want to encourage you with. God's never going to ask you to do anything that he hadn't already put in your pocket, everything that's required to do the job. The, it, the rub comes when we have to step out into it and begin to walk into those things that look completely crazy. Anybody ever had God ask you to do something and it's, it's insane? You're like, you want me to do what? That's how you know it's him. When he calls... 
When you believe he called you and everything in you is going, yes, we're going to do this and this and this and this, you better carry that one to the prayer closet. Because he's always going to ask you to do things that are a whole lot bigger than your ability. Always. I mean, he goes to David and he, and he begins to talk about he's the least. But God takes the identity that David formed in the field watching over sheep and transforms that in to the identity of sitting on the throne watching over sheep to be able to do those things. We see Moses, he said, I stutter, I can't even talk. So he sends somebody beside Moses not to speak the word, but to hold up Moses. The things that you need are already there. And... and this verse, it says, the faith shows the reality. Some of them say substance. And if they call it substance, you can put your hand on it. See, we, we've been trained over and over and over that faith something way out there, and it's, it's, he's got it up there just like that speaker right there. You know, if I was young, I could probably jump up there and touch it. If I tried now, y'all going to have to help me down from here, but... He says that we look around and we see a cosmos, a world, everything ever formed that was created through faith. Whose faith was it? Who said, and God said, let there be light. And it came running at the word because it believed. It believed him. And the only reason it believed him is because he believed his own self. That's what Christ bought for us right there. I'm going to read you some of these scriptures here because if I'd have given them, they'd been there a week. We're going fast, so strap your seatbelts on. Hebrews 11:6. And without faith living within us, it will be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith knowing that He is real and that He rewards the faith of those who seek Him, who give all their passion and strength into seeking Him. Without faith living inside of you. You remember I said it's something tangible. It's on the inside of us. He put it down inside of us. And has anybody ever heard the stories of somebody that had all these monies and all of these things in a bank account, but they didn't know about it? You see houses go up for sale through the tax sale because somebody inherited the house and they don't know about it. That's how, that's how our mind will fail to make the leap over to faith that it's something that I've been given it's mine and I can actually access it but you can't access it through your own performance we come into God in faith it's coming to that place to where that little tugging on the inside of you we talk about how we found Jesus but he really found you he waited to the perfect time to where your eyes were open and your ear could hear. And he called you by a name that broke down all of the unbelief on the inside of you. And it may have been for a split second and it may have been for decades and it may have been for a lifetime, but something happened right there. Too many people have walked down to an altar and said a prayer and left out and they got nothing. 
It's like selling insurance when you don't have any money. You can take it in, but it's hard to give it back out. It goes on to say, he rewards that faith for those who give all their passion and all their strength into seeking him. So how do you find it? You look for the one that it came from. Check this out. This is this is Mark. This is the book of Mark. The redneck jet lay. We bow our head when we pray so we can look God in the face. He is on the inside of you. The same, same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is living on the inside of you, and he wants to make our body alive. I mean, if I don't make you want to run around, then you're not hearing it. If that doesn't make you want to jump up in the air because you become the hope of glory, anybody get around people that's broke and messed up and they don't know what to do and they don't know where to go and fear will hold us back. When there ought to be a voice on the inside of us that's bearing witness saying, Go ahead. Jump on over in there. Watch what God can do. Remember how David operated? He goes before Goliath to take him down and the way that he does it is he remembers the testimony that God did. And then he prophesies to Goliath, you're about to go down just like the bear, just like the lion. That's what's on the inside of us, and we, we can see through the life of David right there. That's how he accessed it. He reminded what he was not of who he was. We may not have the best education. We may not be the best well-spoken. I got the mic in your hand. There's evidence of that. But it's what's inside of us that matters. And you'll get to watch things happen. And the good thing is, as you begin to give away the kingdom, when it flows through you, it washes the junk out of the inside. If you can't believe for yourself, give it to somebody else. And watch it work on the inside of them. And that ought to strengthen our belief. I believe that by letting rivers of living water flow through our inner being, that we begin to be transformed more and more into his image because the junk on the inside of us can't stay there. He's not just good. He's so much better than that. And gooder and more gooder and more gooder. Hebrews 12, I think you got the scripture. As for us, we have all these great witnesses that, who encircle us like clouds so that we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin that we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path has already been marked out before us. Who's doing the work? You have to run this thing because it's not a 50-yard dash. It's a lifelong marathon. So there's going to be times when you run up the hill and you get to the top and you say, I can't go any farther. 
there's something inside of you that can carry you a whole lot farther. It's by being able to shift our mind over into what he's done. We've been trained to look at everything that we do. It's the idea of sin that can hold you bound. When he said he paid the price for it, that the wrath of God was poured out. And when you turn the cup over, it's empty. But we've been taught of this God that's capricious, that's always wanting to flip on you. He's just waiting on you to mess up so he can throw some lightning bolts or leave you wallowing in a place on the bottom down there where you can't get back up so he can say, See, I tried to tell you. Did anybody ever know that God? But it's love that says, I paid. I'm not just calling you. I paid. I didn't just call you. I redeemed you. I bought you. I purchased you with a price. Now you mine, and I plan to look over what's mine. I plan to watch over it and make sure that it does what it's supposed to do. He goes, in, he goes on in that verse and says, Then we'll be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. Then it's when we let go. It's when we are able to allow those wounds to be taken from us. Anybody believe God's a healer? Does anybody have a seed on the inside of you and said, I know he'll heal them, but I don't believe he'll heal me. I mean, that strikes me because I, I was stupid when I was growing up, and I got a body that's broke all to pieces. And when I get up in the morning, it reminds me every day that I'm able to limp away and go, but God. And as I continue to do that, I'll stand on up straight, start walking without a limp, hands will start working. I'll begin to tell him the problem about the God. We always are telling God about the problem. He said he's overcome all of that. We need a shift in our mind to where we quit acting by what we've done and what we do, and we begin to act on what he did. There has to be that shift. The kingdom of God's upside down. In the garden, God placed them in the place, gave them authority, and Satan came in and flipped it upside down. As soon as the bite was taken, he turned the thing over. Because I kept asking, people asked me for years, and you're supposed to have all the answers, you're the preacher. Well, if God created me, why don't I know him? Anybody ever been asked that question? Anybody ever had an answer? You don't know him because God hid evil from Adam. And Satan hid God from you. So in order to walk inside of this kingdom, we have to allow him to flip us upside down so our perspective comes right and we are able to see things as they are, not as what our mind thinks. It, it allows us to leave the past behind, all of those hurts and sins, because it's not you anymore. You are a creation that comes after Christ, the, first, the, fir the last Adam. Not the first one, the one that had fallen, but the last one. You get to see 
God begin to do things in you. And this is what accelerates your faith. This is what's watering your faith. If you never test it, you never grow. If you don't come into places where you don't think you can go on, you never grow. Because every time, if you remember, if you remember the lion, and you remember the bear, it don't matter how big the giant is, you are able to go back and tell it about, I remember when God came here. I remember when they told me you got bone cancer. I said, tell me what its name is. And over the course of the next 90 days, when it was over and said and done, all they could do was cut out a little tiny plate for a biopsy. Because I took the name that they gave me and I kept carrying it and rubbing it in the, in the face of God going, Lord, you said you paid for this. Now kill it. And it went away. When they took the biopsy out of me, there wasn't nothing there. And that came, I believe, through being able to say, I remember when addiction held me bound. I remember when I hated myself and everything standing around me. I, I remember when I wished nothing but harm to the people around me. But I remember the day when I hated you, but love came. When he touched me, something happened, and all of a sudden, all of those things that I could never do started to come forth out of me. It was to the point to where I would stand back sometimes going, who in the world was that? Somebody would be talking about something, and I would be thinking in my mind, I'm going to slam this guy here, 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 and here. And when it would come time to speak, something else would walk out. And it would minister love, perfect peace, and all those things I never had. And it would make me go, what in the world was that? And I've learned to take a hold of those things and hold on to them and begin to build on that, that the next time that it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to walk through those things, I'm able to go back and say, I remember the other day when somebody else walked out. Can I watch again, Lord? This thing's about watching God work the kingdom we get to watch. Gave, David kills Goliath, and he'll tell you God did it. But who do we sing the songs about? When it's not glory that we seek after anymore, God will start sharing glory with us. The very thing that you try to approach on effort, he'll never let you touch it. I don't care how many people prophesied it over you. I don't care any of those things that make it look like this is what it is. As long as you're trying to touch it, he won't let you go there. He said that corruptible and incorruptible can't come together. So when you try to bring, I can do this, and I'm going to do this program and this and that and this and that and this and that, by his word, he can't let you do it. It's when you finally say, all right, I'm done with this. I give up. I ain't messing with that no more. You start to see an increase come. Somebody knows what I'm talking about.
is Hebrews 12 too. We look away from the natural realm. We fasten our gaze upon Jesus who birthed faith within us. Who birthed faith within us. Who birthed faith within us. Who leads us forward into faith perfection. His example is this. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross, conquered its humiliation, and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. It says that Jesus birthed faith within you. How much effort did it take for you to get that? How much effort did anybody in here that was born put forth to be born? I want you to see how the Bible works. The ins and outs don't matter. How does it work? He gave you something. You can't pay for it. You can't add to it. You can only acknowledge it. And it's when you acknowledge it that when something beats on the door that you know that you can't conquer, you're able to say, hold on just a minute. Lord, there's somebody at the door for you. This sounds simple, but it ain't easy. It says that it is the faith, can hold it, that's leading you toward perfection. And if you'll keep leaning and looking toward it, it will transform you. Not into what you wanted, but exceeding and abundantly far beyond what you can ask or imagine. It'll carry you and stand you in places you've never been equipped to go to. It'll put you in front of people that there was no answer for the question, and it'll flow out of you to answer for the question. And you, you'll be standing there again going, who in the world was that, and where did that come from? And that builds up your faith because you're able to walk out going, man, did you see that? I mean, I never went to church. And I was, a, I was the chaplain for a women's ministry. And they kept saying, well, we want you to do a baby dedication. Well, I ain't never seen a baby dedication. Every time, I'll, I'll never forget that one example right there. I walk in, and I kept saying, Lord, I, I don't want to disappoint you. And there was a fear on the inside of me that I was going to mess this up and let him down. So I go through the best that I could work through that. And when the thing was over with, the lady walks up to me. It was a birth mother that gave her, gave her kid to her parents. And she walked up to me and she said, I, I've never, ever thought I could feel peace about this. And I'm, I'm looking behind me because I know it wasn't me. Her family members, as I'm trying to leave, start to come and say, we want, we want to know that. And I kicked my can up the hall. But I carried that thing so proudly when I walked away because... In that moment right there, God sealed it that in your weakness, I'm made strong. And you cannot mess it up, and you can't lose. If you'll just come, you get to see the glory of God that not only will transform everything around you, 
but it'll transform you. If you want something, give it away. Jesus had faith that the Father was going to do what he said he was going to do. And we, I mean, Jesus was a man. just any man but he was still a man when you said something to him that hurt him it hurt him when they beat him it tore his flesh when they nailed him on the cross the same pain that you would have felt he felt he was a man he walked through the things that we walked through One of the things that I've seen is, and I call it a biblical principle, and you can agree or not, and that is you can't give somebody something you don't possess. What you can do is you can tell them about God the healer. But if you've never came to the faith, the, w the place where your faith needs to be tested, even if it's not in you, even if it's in somebody else, then you know about it but you don't know about it. And God's trying to overshadow us. That in Christ revelation is something we could talk about for years. Years. We did home church about, I don't know, four or five years ago, and we spent a year talking about faith. That's how important I think it is. Until you can grab the foundation of faith, He'll hide the things from you where you can't see because you'll try to enter in through your own works. Romans 10, 17, this is in the Passion Translation. Faith, then, is birthed in the heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. This is where in Christ comes in the overshadowing. When Adam knew Eve, it was a penetration thing. When the Spirit knew Mary, it was an overshadowing thing. He's, he says that he gives you his righteousness. In the Bible, when it talks about the righteousness of God, what is it always listed as? A robe. when we allow him to birth these things in us, he actually comes and covers you in the robe. And you become in Christ, who is in the Father. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So you end up in the middle of three perfect loves, overshadowed by something. And my question is, standing inside of this cocoon, what can come against you? Somebody name a devil that can go up into heaven and take control of it. It's not one. Somebody named the devil that taught Jesus into doing something that he didn't want to do. There's not one. When we put him on, when we wear him, not his armor, but as a garment of intimacy and a garment of love, then what's going to come against us? 
What I'm trying to tell you will teach you to run to the battle and not carry a sword. The whole armor of God, not of a Roman soldier. So he didn't put on a breastplate. He put on a robe. And according to 2 Corinthians, he didn't put on just any robe. He gave you his righteousness. Now what's going to come and stand against you? It's a shift that you have to make in thinking about what I'm going to do for God, and you have to shift over and say, what's God going to do and let me watch? And it'll give you what I call nosy faith. I don't have great faith. I'm just nosy. I want to see what he's going to do. Because over and over, I done kicked that can going in somewhere going, I don't want to do this because I, I don't want to make it look bad. And I, I I don't even know what it's supposed to look like. Walk out with a goblet (laughs) with your head held high and a praise on the inside of you because I didn't just see something happen. I saw something completely impossible happen. keep first John up there it says over and over in the Bible that God birthed faith on the inside of you how do you activate it how do you get closer to it how does it become tangible something that you can hold on to and your faith that God gave you it's not fragile You can hold it up when rockets are coming and you won't smell like smoke. You can hold it up when slander comes and in the end he'll roll the reproach from off your name. You can carry it into any situation from that terminal diagnosis and it'll come and be what it is, the healer. And there's only one way to access this. You have to believe that God's not just satisfied with you, but he's madly in love with you. I mean, we've been trained in the fact that God can't look on sin, and there's only one little issue with that. Right at the very beginning of the Bible, when Adam falls in sin, what's the first thing that happens? Adam, where are you? How's he hunt after something and he's not looking at it? The very thing that was supposed to separate us away from him, he goes hunting for it. And what does he do? He gropes it in righteousness. That's what love is. That's love that doesn't even consider itself. That's love that goes way past what you can ask or imagine. It's a love that we can't even grasp a hold of it because we're trying to, we're trying to compare our little dust fleck of what love is and I know some people in here has been in love in their life and they've walked through good relationships and all of those things and I got a lady sitting right over there that's been put up with me when she should have made me leave over and over and over again and she stood right beside me. It's been some bad times. I had a car wreck. I went to physical therapy for seven years, three days a week. You know what they were saying? You're never going to get any better. 
you'll never walk up those stairs. And I kept saying, I'm going to run up them backwards. I was a heathen. And he still came. This is the love that he invites you into. Those who are loved by God, let his love continually pour from you to one another. So you don't even have to provide what you're going to give. Just as his righteousness, he lets you activate his love. So when you don't know how to love somebody in the situation, it's like, Lord, it's for you. And if you'll put on his righteousness, his mind, and walk up, things will begin to come out of your mouth that you'll get hooked on. I thought I was a drug addict. I only did it for 35 years, you know. But when he really brought me something that was valuable in people's lives, I became addicted to it where I can't get away from it. It comes in the night when you're trying to sleep. It comes in the day. It comes when you get around people that you like and when you get around people that you don't like. And the thing that you're able to give them is, he loves me. Not just a little bit. We're able to do that because God is love. It's not something that he does. It's who he is. And if you look at the scripture, you're able to do that because the Christ inside of you is the one going to the door. You just get to watch. It's the one that's living on the inside of you that paid the price. He conquered death, hell, and the grave, and then he brings the spoils of that back and says, here you go. I need you to take this. And I'm, I'm pretty sure there ain't nothing wrong with it. It's not scratch stuff. It's not dirty. It's not weak. It, it doesn't just work in bold people. Take this and walk in and see what happens. God is love. Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of Him. Go on to the next one. I don't do notes like that. So, Verse 8 says, The one who doesn't love has yet to know God. And it says it again, for God is love. And I don't know if y'all know about echoes in scriptures, but when they start repeating things, it's business. When, when Jesus told Peter, do you love me? It was a statement the first time. It was an insult the second time. It was a slap to the face the third time. But in that what looked to be an evil and bad thing of God berating poor Peter, what it did was it unlocked the identity that was in Peter. And if you go into the original language, he's asking him, do you phileo me? Do you love me like a brother? Or he's asking him, do you agape me? And Jesus is saying, no, Lord, I phileo you. I love you like a brother. And in the last statement, Jesus asked him, do you phileo me? Do you love me like a brother? And it woke something up on the inside of Peter. And he said, no, Lord, I agape you. I love you with a perfect love like God does. Pretty good, man. And y'all know, man, Peter was a jack leg. I know a lot about Peter. 
God is love. Verse 9, the light of God's love shine within us, and he sent us his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. Man, how about come on right here? Verse 10 says, this is love. He loved us long before he loved him. It was his love, not ours. He provided it by sending. He bought you. He provided it by sending his son to be the pleasing sacrificial offering to take away our sins. Not to cover them over. To take them away. He can pull it out of your heart. But you have to release it out of your head. Do we believe that he's just going to come in one day and just rip that part of us out? And he doesn't do it like that. He does this by transforming the way that we think until there's no way in the end that you know, you know that you know that you know that I can't do anything right here. But there is perfect love that lives on the inside of me and there's no way that I can lose. This is how the kingdom works. He does all of these things and we get to watch. He does all of these things and the world benefits from it. He does all of these things and it settles us on the inside. And it's not that our faith grows, it's that our doubt fell back. Our unbelief lessens. But the only way you can ever come to those places is you've got to be willing to let go of it got to be willing to step out on the promise of God that he loves you far beyond what you can ask or imagine it's way past what you can think of he loves you in a way that is scandalous to me when I mess up he loves me when I do good he loves me because I don't know about y'all but I still do some things man that immediately shame comes I'll come into a situation and it might not come out of my mouth, but it'll come out of my heart. I don't know how many times in leadership I've went and corrected people and the correction was perfect. But the heart that it came from wasn't. You know what it does then? Get your junk, go on back, and fix this. And this is my way of fixing that. I ain't sorry none for what I said. Because until you deal with that, you're not going anywhere. But the heart that it came from did not look like my God. And I apologize to you for that. And if you need help to walk through this thing, all you got to do is ask. And if I can't help you, there's a saint standing around me somewhere that can. Because we've all got a different story. Inside of your story, no matter how insignificant it may seem, no matter how small it may seem, it is the hope of glory for somebody that has no hope. And it's all done out of love. It's all done by knowing that He loves you. Not that you got it all right. But in fact, the fact that in spite that you got it all wrong, perfect love went through the door. Man, we're in a place right now in a time that is crazy way past what I thought I was ever going to see in my lifetime. It's completely upside down, but on the inside, 
you carry the one that turns upside down, right side up. When you start to walk into those things, it's not going to look like what you think it's supposed to look like. I will give you that warning. If you think this is what's supposed to happen, you're wrong. Not 50% of the time, not 70% of the time, but 100% of the time. When you know exactly what you're supposed to do, you wrote a book about it, you read the book, you went through the class, you don't do it like that. You got your hand on it. This is love. He loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his son to be pleasing, a pleasing sacrifice, taking away our sins. Delightfully loved one. How do you like it when he calls you something like that? You believe it's the word? delightfully loved ones. The argument you had coming in the door, it doesn't matter. Delightfully. That word is beloved. That junk you looked at before you got here, it doesn't matter. He knows it's mistaken identity. It doesn't lessen his love for you when we approach the kingdom like that it, no, it doesn't lessen our love for people around us no one has ever gazed upon the fullness of God's splendor but if we love one another God makes his permanent home in us and we make our permanent home in him and his love is brought to full expression in us you get to watch he goes on to say it's given us his spirit within us so that we can have the assurance that he lives in us and that we live in him moreover we have seen with our own eyes and can testify to the truth that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world those who give thanks that Jesus is the Son of God live in God, and God lives in them. Y'all keep hearing this echo over and over again. We have come into an intimate experience with God's love, and we trust the love He has for us. God is love. Those who are living in His love are living in God, and God lives through them. By living in God, love is brought forth, has been brought to its full expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment because all that Jesus is, so are we in this world. So we read over that and we just glaze over that part because we have to hold up what's wrong with us. You need to prepare a place for that like Jesus did. He put it under his foot. If he's living on the inside of you, when those things come, just say, Lord, I need you to invoke your victory right here. And I'm going to raise our foot and crush its head. It's when you can make the shift of what I did to what not only did he did, but he is still doing 
that you are able to walk on the enemy. You're no longer afraid of it. You're able to call that sucker rub. Verse 18, and I'll leave you here. Love never brings fear, for fear is always related to punishment. But love's perfection drives the fear of punishment far from my heart. Whoever walks constantly afraid of punishment has not been reached by love of perfection. That doesn't mean you haven't been saved. That means there's a usurper, somebody tending property that's not theirs, squatted in a place that not only does he not have right, he can't occupy it. The only way he can occupy those places is you open the door, move your stuff out of the way so he can set his stuff inside of that place and you sit there and the only thing you do is worry about the stranger in your house this is where we've gotten to and this is where we bound it right now there's a stranger living in our house that's not supposed to be there and the way that I get away from that thing is I begin to tell it that there's a God that loves me that's on the inside right now and you don't have a place here. And this part right here you keep pointing at, He loves it too. This thing you keep saying that's disqualified me, He loves it too. And oh yeah, by the way, one of the three came and hung on the tree so that you would be tricked into killing Him and bringing Him into your kingdom where he took the keys, made open procession of you, brought them back, and gave them to me. And love is your crown. The thing that activates your faith is love. Because in, in, able, in order to be able to walk in this thing, you're going to have to learn to love yourself. If you don't love yourself, it's a practice thing and there's going to be days when you're miserable at it and there's going to be days when you're great at it but if you don't love yourself then you're not going to be able to give love I mean just because I offered R.C. a Cadillac doesn't mean he's getting one because I don't have one but I can offer him love and I can remember back to the day you'll never walk up these stairs I used to tell them I'm going to run up these suckers backwards. And I ran up the things backwards before I left. And I've been able in my own life, in my own testimony, over and over and over again, draw the place where I should have died right there. And love came along and picked me up and carried me off. He's so much better than we can ever ask or imagine. I dare you to come close. I dare you to allow him to begin to change your actions. Because as long as you're going to try to change those things by trying, you're going nowhere. Not by power, nor by might. Father, we just thank you for your... <laughs> we thank you for the identity that is love, Lord. thank you Lord that in our weakness in our place where we don't know what to do and we don't know what to say and we don't know how to act or how to proceed or anything else that you are strong right there Lord 
thank you, Lord, that the promise said that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that when we think we deserve the least, you say exceeding and abundantly far beyond what we can ask or imagine, Lord. We thank you, Father, that when the weapons of the enemy come against us, Lord, we know that they can't prosper, God. Lord, I ask for a renewed mind inside of the people sitting in this room, Father God. Let this be the day, Lord, that the old person, the old mindset begins to die, Lord. And we thank you above all, God, that you are the one that does the work, Father God. We thank you above all, Lord, that you are the one that comes and robes us in the righteousness, Father, that covers all the imperfections, Lord. And in that holy place, Lord, you begin to rub away the things, Lord, to flick away the things that hold us bound, Lord. Lord, hold us under your wings, Lord. Shield us in your love, Father. There's no way we could ever repay you. Clear our mind enough, God, to where we just stay, Father, in that place of all I can say is thank you. Lord, I speak life over this place, Lord. Lord, I speak to the mindset and the strongholds in people right now, and I call it down. Lord, I send freedom back into those places, Lord. Taught by your love, God. We thank you, Lord, that you are the I am. No matter what the situation is. Father, we just take that holy hug right here, Lord. And we thank you for it. Lord, I call these things done in the name above all names, Lord. Jesus the Christ. And if you want to go home, you're welcome to. But if you want to linger, you're welcome to. But if you need to leave, I just ask that you step outside. I'm telling you, it's in that embrace. It's what you heal there. in that holy hug where things begin to fall away. 